Another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit, how we got through some shit, and what we learned from shit. I'm Maya. And I'm Babi. Podcast family, we appreciate your support. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and tell us what you think. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Hey. What's up, Maya? Hey. hey. What's up? I ain't talked to you all week. I've been busy. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Busy doing nothing. No, yo, I've been busy for real, though. Clearly. Way more I, I busy than I wanted to be. Mm, me too. I'm when I go to work and have to do work, I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to work and have to do work, I feel like I need my paycheck that day. Mm-hmm. Like, like, all right, I'm finished. With a now. bonus. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Like, can you get my, get, like, can you get my check now, please? And right. I want one on payday. Like, this is crazy. Mm. So what's going on? Nothing much. I mean, how was your week? So, okay, so last week I told you that I'm God's favorite and then I just have to play along because all kinds of stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. And stuff just kept happening. You know, refrigerator broke. Now my dryer is broke. Mm. The air conditioner in my car broke. <laughs> <laughs> the girl was calling talk about she wants an apartment with a view. It's just too much. But, you know, I told the Lord, I was like, that's fine. I'll play along. You know, so things are looking up. The refrigerator is not broken. Good. Somebody, I don't know, somebody turned the dial down or something. And um, the dryer, I'll probably fix myself. I got my air conditioner in my car fixed today. Well, thank God, because you don't you want to be a on the road. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> I really, I'm a humble person. You know what I mean? I know I'm God's favorite and everything, and I'm a humble person. But I don't care if you go on, um, what do you say? What the, when I took it today, the guy said, oh, what you been using, 450 air? And I was like, 450 air? What's that? He said, four windows down, going 50 miles an hour. <laughs> About to kill somebody on the road. You ever notice that the people with no air conditioner in their car or they got their windows rolled down on the hottest day, they go they go so fast, even on the, on the side streets, they be ready to cut you off. And I used to always say, why the hell are they going so fast? But then I realized when I pulled up next to them in a the light with my air conditioner blasting, like, oh, you don't got no air. Okay, I get it. You try to get that first quick of all, breeze. First you know of mean? all, before my air broke, I used to think it was nothing wrong with a little bit of fresh air. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> you think different now. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe people got their windows rolled down because they just want some fresh air. Hmm. Um, but Not when the heat is on, day. okay, because when the heat is on Lucifer's cousin, right? It, it's, it's like. 
oh my gosh. And I would just be in the car riding home just looking like. Forehead <laughs> <laughs> listening. Mad I as mean, hell. Sweat drips coming down out my sunglasses. I, it was hot. <laughs> you can't put no sunglasses on when it's hot either. And you ever notice that if you go into the store, like, pay attention, pull up into a parking lot. When a person don't have no, when they got their windows rolled down on a hot day and then go into like the 7-Eleven after them, they angry as hell. Like, let them go before you. Just let them go before you in line. They be mad as hell. You you liable to get murdered that day because they so hot. Oh my goodness. Well, um, you know, I just am very grateful for my coworker because she put me D with a really good mechanic, trustworthy, honest you know, and he hooked me up. I, I mean, it only took him like a couple of hours too. Thank so, um, you ain't lying. He was like, come on now. You all cool. You ain't got to be on the 450 no more. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness. So, you know, that was cool. Got a lot going on at work. Guess what, Maya? I know you're going to find this hard to believe. Are you sitting down? I don't like somebody. <laughs> like, like for real, I actually like dislike somebody. Mm. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't dislike anybody. They must be I had to pray. the bottom I said, of the barrel. I said, yeah, I because I really am not a, I don't dislike people. And for me, and then. I was having a conversation with somebody and I was like, I don't like her. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, Ooh, first of all, even if, you know, I don't have to like you or be a fan or whatever, but I felt like who the hell are you that you have that much, mm-hmm. you know, that I think of you that much to even not like you anyway. I don't yeah. So I had to get my little stuff together. I had to get my little stuff together. Like, yeah, that's not nice. Well, nine times out of 10, I say 9.9 times out of 10, when you don't like somebody, it's within good reason. And in reason might not make sense to other people, but it makes sense to you. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at with it. It makes perfect sense to me. And, you know, I don't, and I don't care. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't don't care. So, but I just thought that was really something because, you know, that's usually not my thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but yeah. Yeah, well, it was okay. A little busy, but so, you know, it was the holiday weekend that just passed. I'm thinking like, all right, I'm not coming to New Jersey. I'm going to mm. sleep the whole weekend. Not really sleep because, you know, like I have insomnia real bad, but just lay around in the bed, catch up on my shoes that I've been missing. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Because I had stuff to do that I forgot all about. So my godson came down here and he had a football game, went to that. You know what? that, yeah. So they, they played. Here, right? Uh huh. So they Uh-oh. played in Maryland. And so I went to the game. You know that um, my godchild plays for Camden High. Oh, 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 oh. So they made this okay. All right, okay, okay. Calm it down. 
<laughs> so they made me a we shirt. Came my, to god high school. Sister, my god sister made me a shirt. You know, I had, well, you know, she always was, got some uniform listen, going on. Like everybody wear uniform. And I told That's my baby right. at the end of that game, I said, "You the only person that can get me in some damn purple and gold." And his girlfriend was like, his girlfriend was like, "You ain't going to Camden High, Miss Maya." I said, "Uh huh." Mm-hmm. I went to Wilson. She went to the raggedy school. No, I went to the best school. But we ain't going to get on to that <laughs> on this podcast. Just know that my baby is the only person that could get me in purple and gold. It was it was too much. I didn't even post it on Facebook because I was like, mm, this purple and gold and me don't match. I'm orange and black all the way. But did that, then my other, then my goddaughter had a housewarming. She got her first apartment and she had her housewarming in Baltimore. Does so she have a view? She has a view of nothing. I don't know what she has a view oh, okay. of. Like a courtyard or something. I don't know. She ain't really worried about the view. She worried about when them first bills come. Now, this is the funny thing. You know when you get your first little apartment, right? We, I walked in there. I said, damn, it's hot as hell in here. Y'all cooking. It's, you know, it's only a one bedroom. It's, it's you know, it, but it's spacious. But it ain't like a big old, you know, uh, place. So I'm like, damn, it's hot as hell in here. I said, this is when you know that you would grown. When you guys start paying your own bills, you didn't cut the air off. Right. You're like, ninjas ain't soaking up my <laughs> <I> air. <laughs> <laughs> so did that. Exactly. But then Sunday, I just did nothing. And it was like the greatest thing. I yes, really did nothing. Is. I just like laid down all day. I got up. I cooked for me. Then I laid back down. It was just wonderful. Mm. And yes, then, doing nothing is the best. Yeah, and then, you know that doesn't happen for me a lot because I always got something to do. Mm-hmm. But um, so then I went to go see my doctor because I had a doctor's appointment about something else. And then I was talking to my doctor about uh, I was just talking to my doctor about the podcast. Surprisingly, because mm-hmm. me and her is cool. I was talking to her all about the podcast and she was like, what is it about? And I was telling her and I was like, when we do this personal journals at the end, you know, she was like, oh, that's nice. I said, yeah, it's like a a diary, you know, of sorts, but we just talking about it with other people, you know, and I was telling her about my personal journals are always about stress, you know, like a lot of them are about stress. So then I started talking to her about how to handle stress and some tools that I could do when I feel stress coming on. And, um, she gave me some real good pointers, but then, you know, me, I went home and I started looking on the internet Mm -hmm. and and that's like my worst thing. Looking on the internet is devil, you know, it is, it It really is. Cause it has me Mm -hmm. thinking that I have all kinds of things. Um, but I came across an article, a real interesting article in the Philadelphia Tribune, and it was talking about mental illness in the black community. Oh wow! And that really got me to thinking, like, about my mental health, what mental health is, and so I thought that uh, for this show we could talk about that. We could talk about mental health. I think that that's some shit that's been on my mind as well, because a lot of people. First of all, there's been a lot of articles out. Mm-hmm. I saw one. It was a few months ago, and since then. I've seen at least four more and the headlines read something like by 2020 um, depression will be the leading call, the leading mental health disability mm. 
by 2020 that more and more people are not able to work because of depression. Right. And um, we talk about um, mental health, but in in our community, because you know that's what we care about, Mm -hmm. communities of color, you know, we talk about or don't talk about mental health, but we separate everything. You know, mm-hmm. depression is depression, and we don't have time for depression. Because I used to say myself, I used to say depression is is a disease of privilege. Like we, mm-hmm. I, I don't have time to be depressed. Have That's time, people, right? You know what I mean? Like they can go to the hot springs and be like, "Woo, side, take a yoga class and everything," right. mm-hmm. and then they be like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I feel better." Um, you know, so depression is depression. Mental health is mental health. It, mental illness is mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then it's just plain crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like we just lump things together and then we judge mm-hmm. based on everybody what for mm-hmm. what, based on what we believe things are. Right. So, um, and now, and I use, I say this all the time that this, there are are there tragedies in the world? Yes. Yes. But there are no new tragedies. Right. So people have lost their ability to cope. Mm-hmm. And hence we have these mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Because people can't cope with regular life tragedies. People mm-hmm. die every day. People, you know, acquire diseases every day. Um, some people do experience violence, mm-hmm. um, you know, but if you're a, being a witness to violence and being a victim, victim. of violence mm-hmm. is two different things. Mm-hmm. But now we have more witnesses with mental illness than we do victims mm-hmm. or just as many. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's some shit that's on my mind as well. Yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, let's talk about first what mental illness is well you know for me you know i can't, i just do not like the term mental health mental illness you know because i just think it's wrong people mm-hmm. um mental illness has a pathophysiology which means that it's physical mm-hmm. it is your brain and your body are inseparable Right. You know, your brain controls all voluntary and involuntary functions of your body. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to say heartbeat, 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 heartbeat. It's involuntary. But your brain tells it what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can control if you want to do bicep curls and stuff like that, as long as you don't have no arthritis and bursitis. You know, you can control muscle movement, but your brain tells your muscles what to do. So it can't be a mental thing. It's not mental implies that you can focus on it and think about it and change it. And that's just not true. There is a pathophysiology behind it. So I don't like the term mental illness or mental health. Okay. Um, That's one thing. Another thing is that studies show that if a person has one physical condition, whether it be hypertension, which is uh, pressure, uh-huh. diabetes, <laughs> which is sugar, sugar. Uh, <laughs> hyperlipidemia, fats, you know, yeah, obesity. So if, if you have one physical condition, you are two times more likely to have a mental disorder. Uh-huh. 
And if you have five or more physical conditions, you're seven times more likely to have a mental disorder. Why your face all tore up? <laughs> because I'm just thinking, you know, I was I was looking over some things and we're talking about the five or more physical conditions and you're seven times mm-hmm. likely to have um, a mental disorder. I mean, seven times likely is a big number. And I was just looking at this list. Uh, right. Well, I'm just... You I know, have some things on this list. Oh, I mean, first of all, just it saying. doesn't... You're seven times more likely, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have something. That's number one. Number two, somebody said five things. That's a lot. Like nobody got five things, but there, it is very easy. Take diabetes, for instance. Diabetes is a disease that causes other problems. So when you're diabetic, you also, a lot of people are diabetic and they have high blood pressure and mm-hmm. they're diabetic. They have high blood pressure and then they have inflammation. So they're diabetic. Mm-hmm. They have high blood pressure. They have inflammation. And, um, a lot of times because of what they eat, they have GERD, which right. is like the, the reflux. And mm-hmm. then, so they're diabetic. They have high blood pressure. Uh, they have GERD and then they have neuropathy, you know, yeah. so it's, very easy for to someone have to have five, five or more oh, conditions yeah. going on. Um, yeah, we got a bag. Well, and we do. And then when people are not physically well or when you have to take medication every of day course. or something like it that, affects it just your causes... Mental exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking about most. Yeah. Um. So what causes mental illness? First, we said it's physiological. So there mm-hmm. are physical things going on. But of certainly a family history mm-hmm. of those same physical things going wrong in your brain. You mm-hmm. know, a family history is a big cause of mental illness. Persistent chronic pain. Not people that just want to get high on pain killers. Yes. But people who, because most people who have persistent chronic pain, even if they're prescribed pain medication, they don't get 100% relief. Oh, n- no, they don't. Not they, at all. They don't. And people don't understand that. People be no, like, they oh, don't. They, take they the, think you that know, it's but- in their mind that they have physical chronic pain. And what, mm-hmm. and I will say pisses me off, pisses me okay. off because you know that my mother deals with chronic pain. Right. And right. it really pisses me off that p- some people think that oh she's okay oh she's it's all in her mind a no it's not in her mind b you don't know Mm -hmm. what she goes through on a daily basis but it's like she always says everyone gets a turn so then when you get that turn to come around with your physical chronic pain and Mm -hmm. you can't take a a perk or whatever to to make you feel better Mm -hmm. then you know what someone else is dealing with everyone who has chronic pain or who says that they have chronic pain is not lying and it's not just right. in their mind. And I right. just and had to a- throw that in as a sidebar because that just... No, but that's it, it's absolutely true because... And we're going to get into other things, but remember when I had that procedure? Mm-hmm. And they, I had to stay in the hospital longer, you know, 
yeah. than expected because they couldn't control my pain. Right. And when I tell you this pain, and thank goodness it wasn't chronic because, you know, it did subside after a while, mm-hmm. uh, a few days. But when I tell you that this pain was, and I didn't care what was going on. I didn't care who was in the room. I didn't care. No, all I cared, like, you have to stop this. Yes. This is crazy. And right. I felt crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt crazy because, like, I, it was nothing I could do to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a cause of mental illness. Sleep disturbance. Mm-hmm. Sleep it's is very one. important. It's a big Yes. One. People who, and you notice, people who are sleep deprived, they're snippy, you know, they're oh, mean, and it causes well, mean, you, and it causes you to, um, to behave certain ways because your body needs rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so sleep disturbance, weight alterations up or down. Right. And sleep is definitely a cause of that too. People don't realize how much sleep plays a part in your life. It really mm-hmm. does. It helps you lose weight. It helps you with stress. It helps you just with a lot of things. But continue. It does. And it it's important. And also trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, th- those are all common causes of mental illness. And, and I also just want to touch on another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, delirium. Because... Delirium, A, that's where I was when I was in the hospital mm-hmm. after I had my little procedure. Mm-hmm. I was really like, I really was delirious. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, I couldn't comprehend anything. I, you know, they said I was screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Deja was scared a little bit. Because, yeah. you know, but delirium is a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. And a person, and I have wit- witnessed this as, you know, Joe Citizen or Josephina Citizen, and also as a nurse, because any life-threatening condition can cause delirium. Mm-hmm. You know, usually delirium comes before a shock, mm-hmm. or you know, when we we look at things, especially like when I'm working in the ER, change in mental status. Yeah, you know, people just don't. Their mental status just doesn't change for no right. reason. Right. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't. And I remember once, and um, we had a patient, and this is why I love, 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 love working uh, with Dr. Lightfoot. But um, we had a patient, and we worked hard on her trying to get her to be, you know, to comply with her treatment and to be adherent and things like that. You know, she liked to take sips of the sippy sips, you know. Right. <laughs> you know. She liked the little sippy sips. So, um, and everybody knew her, where she lived and everything, whatever. So she came in for an appointment. We were glad to see her and everything, you know. She got her labs done. Her labs came back, maybe like, it took like two days for her labs to come back. And we went to work and Dr. Lightfoot was like, go get her. Mm. Um, Because her ammonia levels Mm. were so elevated that she knew that if she was home, she probably wasn't acting normal, mm-hmm. you know, and she lived alone. And uh, when we went down there, her and never her house is always intact and everything, whatever. Her house was a mess mm. and she was walking around her complex, like pushing a shopping cart, talking to herself and everything. Wow. And everybody just thought she was drunk. Wow. Mm-hmm. Everybody just thought she was drunk. And, you know, we went down there, uh, me and another co-worker, whatever, and we had to convince her 
to go to the hospital or whatever, but you know, her so delirium, a lot of people, you know, they act like, you know, oh, that's just her, she's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. But you never know what's going on, you know, in a person. So physical things can also cause changes in mental status, delirium and things like that. So that's just for me, it's important that you know you can't judge people all the time. No, you can't. People need to understand that mental illness is a physical condition. It, it affects is. people's moods, thoughts, behavior, and judgment, which you just talked about. Exactly. And exactly. I, a big thing that I, for me is we have to unlearn myths. Myths are all around us, and we really have to unlearn them. You know, one big myth is that mental ill people are violent. Right. Which yeah. is not, yeah, that is a big myth. And you know what else irks me about that one? Is that mm-hmm. even healthcare professionals believe that? Wow. Like only people who work in mental health are comfortable or, you know, consider themselves not only, but most, you know, consider themselves comfortable mm-hmm. around mentally ill people. You know, like I work in an ER when people come in in crisis. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, oh, you let such and such do that. You know what I yeah. mean? So, it really so even health professional healthcare professionals believe that they're all oh I'm scared, you know. And why did you even get into the field if you are scared? Because you know that certain things do come along with that. You know, just like you touched on when people um, experience delirium, and you know, like you said, some people have to be pushed. You don't just start getting violent if you think that that is something right. out of nowhere. People aren't just innately violent, you know. And so we have to get out of that, you know. Also, we have to uh, get out of the thing that mental illness is a choice. People need to get over that. Mental illness is not a choice. Mm -hmm. Mental illnesses are diseases of the brain as well as documented dysfunctions. And if you had a choice to be anything... You know, would you choose to be that? It's just like when you have people and we won't talk, touch, I won't touch too much on this, but it's just like, because it's a whole nother issue, but it's just like when people say, oh, you have a choice then to be homosexual. If people had a choice to get, you know, treated in the way that they get treated, would they choose to do that? You have a choice, you know, like we don't have a choice, but to be black, you know, we ain't have a choice to be in slavery. Like Kanye said. So mental illness is not a choice. You know, it's right. not a it choice. Not. It, so it we definitely it's, have it's to get over choice. that. That That is true. And people need to um, stop thinking, you know, they do the, um, he know what he doing. Mm-hmm. She, you know, they, they just trying to get a check or mm-hmm. all kinds of rude, ignorant things that people say, you know, about people who are, you know, have something going on in their brain. Yeah. And we also have to get out of the myth that people with mental illnesses are capable of making rational choices. I mean, rational decisions. I'm sorry. Mental illness disables people to different degrees at different times. So somebody that's suffering from a mental illness can make a rash, a rational decision. Mm hmm. Sometimes, sometimes, and then so, and then sometimes they're not able to. Right. Um, a lot of times, you know, 
I don't, you know, I get excited when I talk science, but you know, this stuff is all about the neurotransmitters and stuff in your brain, you know, the dopamine, serotonin, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And all of those things have to balance. Yeah. You know, all the time. So if they're balancing a little better, you feel a little better, you can act a little better. Mm-hmm. If they're not balanced, you know, then you're having issues. And so sometimes, you know, that, and that's what they say, well, they know better, they can do this, they're just acting, they want to get a check. You know, that is not always the case. Not at all. It, it is and not, more times and than it, not, people, more times than not, you're, it's the judgment that people are giving people that they don't deserve. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, people are experiencing what you think that they are not experiencing, you know. But that's about stigma, and we'll talk about that. But, right, well, yeah, so... I'm sorry, I cut um, you off. No, no, it's fine. Because, you know, people, I think people want too much uh, from people. Mm-hmm. You know, people want too much from people. They want them to understand you know they want to be understand me understand what's going on do this do that you know whatever and a lot of people whether they claim to have any kind of mental illness or not are just not capable of balancing everything that's going on in my world and your world at the same time anyway anyway so yeah so let's talk about therapy okay well let's talk about it because that's conversation that I had with my doctor it prompted her to tell me that I needed to go back to therapy so you know I used to go to therapy mm-hmm. and then I stopped going and for a number of reasons it wasn't because I didn't think that therapy was helping me because I did think that she was helping me a great deal but mm-hmm. it got expensive you know it's always an excuse of what you can find not to do something but mm-hmm is so important. I I think it's important just like how people go to counseling for a marriage, right? You need someone who is uh, not biased, not your friends, you know, someone who can give you a raw, clear cut look at what you have going on. And therapy does that for people. Well, did it for me. I agree. I agree. But I think that, you know, depending on the issue, Mm -hmm. um, we had first of all it is important to know that in america we do a poor job treating mental illness oh we do period we do a piss poor job um mental health care only exists in silos mm-hmm. you know it's like mental health over here right and then health care is all the over way east here. of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and you just mentioned it I can't afford it. So you can have Medicaid that'll pay for a tummy tuck, mm-hmm. bypass surgery, brain surgery, but your the same Medicaid won't pay for you to see a counselor mm-hmm. because you're not able to cope, which is crazy to me. To me. Um, but we're, we're, <laughs> we're trained to think that they're separate, and they're not. That's mm-hmm. why uh, one of the things that I do like about my job is that we do um, – we touch on and do screenings at every medical appointment for mental health things. Oh. How are you how are you feeling today? Right. You know what? In the last week, is there ever been a time you was like, you know what, I'm just ready to throw this towel in? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, things like that. So and some people now, let me ask you something. They, I don't mm-hmm. mean to cut you off, but do you guys do that based off of the 
sickness that you are um, um, treating because Probably. you are an HIV nurse or an infectious disease nurse. So you deal with right. a lot of different things. But let's just keep it right. on the scale of on the HIV. When you treat people with HIV, you know, we, we are taught that in testing and counseling, how, you know, you have people that are homicidal, suicidal, you know, et cetera. Right. And so I'm just wondering, do you guys do the mental health check based off of that? Or is it something do you think that they would do regardless? I don't, I, well, first of all, there is, and New Jersey has um, plenty of times led the way on a lot of programs and treatments. So we do have a specific program now integrating behavioral health and care with HIV patients. Mm -hmm. However, um, behavioral health as a whole, you know, with the whole opioid epidemic because yeah. little Susie Sunshine's daughter is now hooked on drugs mm -hmm. and she's not afraid to say anything and they didn't pour all this money into opioid addiction. Anyway, yeah. um, don't so, even get me started on that. Child, I can't even go there. So um, because of that, uh, there's a big push mm -hmm. in all primary care. But just like HIV counseling and testing, we, we say it should be done in each pregnancy. It should be done with each emergency room visit, things like that. It's going to take a long time mm -hmm. to catch on. Mm -hmm. But I, it's something that I'm glad that we do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just tells the patient that, okay, you know, we're thinking about you too. Right, exactly. You know, Someone and that's how they you. feel. Exactly. So, and we do offer uh, some things. So we have mental health counselors, and mm -hmm. that's for people who don't need medication. Mm -hmm. uh, because your first attempt should not always be medication and sometimes people just need to talk it out exactly you know they just need to talk it out so we have mental health counselors and then we mm -hmm. also have psychiatrists and psychiatrists are more for people who need medication, medication. their anxiety mm -hmm. is so bad they really can't calm down without medication their depression is so bad they can't get up and function every day or they're you know schizophrenic bipolar you know things like that manic depression all, you know, those other kind of conditions that require medication. So, you know, we do have those options, and I think it's good, but the way we treat it, uh, because of mental health, because it's a brain disorder, it tricks mm -hmm. you because when you take your medication, it takes a while to kick in, kick in. and then it does because sometimes some medications take about, four weeks yeah, to get you, to get you know, together. You got to play with doses mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you take your medication, starts to kick in, you're feeling a little better. You feel better for a month, two months, three months. And then a lot of times people think, oh, I'm better. I'm better. Mm -hmm. And then they stop taking the medication. Mm -hmm. Then you're right and back then the to cycles, where you started. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And a lot of times they spiral. Mm -hmm. before they realize what they do. And so even though they may get back into care, some tragic things could have happened in mm -hmm. the meantime, but it doesn't have like it doesn't happen so they take medication, they're getting better, they get better, they stop, they spiral and then they get back on track and be on track forever. No, it happens over right and over, and over and over and over and over, and over. Yeah. right. But it still is not for anybody to judge. No, not at all. You know what I mean? Because if it's not for God's grace, there go I. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So so that was, you know, that's just pretty much how we um, 
I like the fact that we incorporate mental health in our practice. And in Me New Jersey too. and HIV care, you know, we do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is we talk about this all the time because this mm-hmm. is us. Check on your strong friend. Seriously. That is a, a huge thing. And and we talked about reading articles about mental health. You sent me yeah. something the other day, and it was funny that you sent that to me or that you tagged me on Facebook about checking on your mm-hmm. strong friends because I just read something. It was a like a, you know a headline on Twitter, and then it prompted me to click the link, and it took me to an article about just that, checking on your strong friend. And everything mm-hmm. in the article, I was like, man, this is me. You know, the person that's always there for people, the person that's right. always cleaning up the mess. You know, and no one says to that person, hey, are you okay? It's like that person is fine. You know, they don't have any problems They're because they're mm-hmm. fixing yours. And that is definitely us. It, it is. It is. And um, even for healthcare professionals, like I said before, a lot of them fear violence from mm-hmm. people with uh, mental health issues. Uh, but this is, if there's anybody out here listening that's in nursing school and you're going to take the NCLEX, write this down because this is on the test. Mm. <laughs> this is free. You can thank me later. Um, so if we you're a healthcare professional, <laughs> if you're a healthcare professional and you feel like behavioral health isn't your thing, mm-hmm. you know, you really don't want to get involved. First of all, I just want you to know that um, everybody plays a part. Mm-hmm. If you work in healthcare, you work in healthcare. So you have to come, you have to flow with whatever comes. Um, but what is important to know is as a professional, everyone has a responsibility to help the patient focus on coping. Yes. You know, you're not a mental health counselor. You're not a psychiatrist. We know that that's fine. You know, but we don't need you diagnosing, saying you should take this. Oh, calm down. Stop it. You know, whatever. just help the person focus on coping. Mm-hmm. And so just coping through that moment, right. not through the whole whatever's going to happen 10 years down the line and all of that. Just cope through what's going on at that moment. And on the NCLEX, in mental health, there's always the question. Now, they may word it a whole lot of different ways mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, but what would you do if the pa- the schizophrenic patient, you know, says, stop it, stop it, no, the train is coming, da 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 right. whatever. The answer is always reorient to reality. Mm-hmm. That's on the NCLEX. That's oh. free. That is on the NCLEX. So (laughs) when you start seeing that little question like that, whatever, just, you know, look at the answers, look for reorient to reality, because that's what you do. I know that you hear the train. I know Mm -hmm. you think you hear the train. I know you think you see the train, but I don't see the train Mm -hmm. because there's no train Train here. Mm -hmm. I know that must be scary for you, you know, but there is no train. Mm-hmm. And you know you don't do like I ain't no train you know yeah. no <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> you have to just reorient them to what the reality is mm-hmm. and a lot of times that helps them deescalate and that's on the NCLEX and I think people can use that in their everyday life as well not just on the NCLEX Absolutely. because you come across or you come across people who could be suffering from mental illness all the time and you just 
don't even know. Don't know it. So, you know, that's just something, a tip that you can use in your everyday life. And if you're taking the NCLEX, hey, it's important. So, (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the fact that mental illness is treatable. I mean, I think that that is huge to point out. Mental illness is treatable. There is help out there and you can get it. And one of those things um, Babi talked about was through medication. Now, some people need it and some people do not need it. You know, do not need medication. Right. And I think the big go ahead. And I think I think the biggest thing is with the medication is that they, you have the patients like I don't want that, mm-hmm. you know. So other people put a stigma on it, and then we as patients put a stigma on it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, if I'm taking meds, and they really gonna think I'm crazy, or mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And so we really have to get past that. I don't want it, you know, because. Some things like depression and anxiety, medication doesn't have to be forever. No, not at all. I, it, I know it even have to be. for me, a, a, a long time ago when I lost my grandparents, and you know, I lost mm-hmm. my grandparents four months apart. And my grandparents were like mom and dad, you know, so right. it was really like losing your mother and your father and your grandparents four months apart and then they both died on holidays my grandmother I mean my grandfather died on Christmas Christmas Eve Eve. and we buried Mm -hmm. them on New Year's Eve and then my grandmother died on Mother's Day and so those holidays are very um hard for the family and during that time uh, I fell into a deep depression I flunked out of college Um, I had to, you know, do all of this stuff to get reinstated into college, writing letters. The only thing that helped me was that my GPA didn't fall past a certain level because I mean, like Mm -hmm. I was still smart, but I just had lost all focus and my grandparents in my mind, well, my grandmother, cause you know how she was her saying like, you better get your shit together and um, get back in school. That's what prompted me to get back in school before, uh, for a long time, I didn't know how to cope, you know, and I had to get Mm -hmm. on medication and it was started out as a small dose of something, you know, just to kind of get me up and get me through. And it lasted being on the medication for about four months. But I will say that it did help me. And I also say it's not for everybody. You know, I didn't have mm-hmm. side effects from the medication. It didn't make me feel um, bad. And, and sometimes when you have a higher dose of something, you can af- experience side effects. That wasn't my story. So I do say, you know, get on something if you need to get on something. If you If you feel a need to, you know, don't fight that. Yeah, and I also learned um, some years ago that, you know, because a lot of times people think because you're a nurse that you know everything mm-hmm. or whatever, and most nurses you're do think they know everything. <laughs> uh, but a lot of nurses do think they do know everything, which irks me. But, you know, I'm not one of those people. But I learned some years ago I was describing somebody that, you know, the person that I knew, and... um my colleague was like, oh, but B, he's depressed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And that was when I was still at a school of thought, like, nobody got time for that. Got time <laughs> you, for that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The depression, that's a luxury for the rich. Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you kidding me? They was like, they were like, no, you know, depression is real. And I was like, what? And 
she had me read this article and I was like, oh my mercy. Like, this is like him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. So, you know, I called him and so I was like, have you been to the doctor? You know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he he wanted to go, but he kind of didn't want to go at mm-hmm. the time or whatever. And um, maybe two years after that, he still hadn't gone to the doctor or got any treatment. You know, I brought it up because it was another seminar we were learning about um, depression among men. Mm-hmm. And I was... I was sharing with the facilitator that, you know, I just recently learned as someone that's very close to me and I was telling him what was happening, what he was doing and things like that. And he was like, oh, baby, he is not going to be able to shake this himself. Mm. He's already so far gone Mm. that his Mm. levels, you know, will probably not straighten out without some help. Mm -hmm. And he said, is he, um, does he smoke? Does he do anything to self-medicate? And I was like, um, not that I know of. And at the time he wasn't, but now he drinks mm-hmm. and, and he still, and he is still, and this is like, um, this happened about 2005 mm-hmm. and he's still in, you know, a bad way. Well, still you know, depressed, depression like stuck in the is, state. My mother talks about this all the time. That's a wise woman. But anyway, she talks about this all the time. <laughs> like it's so easy to get into a depression and it's so hard to fight to get out of it. You know, and it, right. it really is something that you have. Mental illness is really something that you have to work at. Every mm-hmm. single day of every, every day. minute mm-hmm. of every single day. You really have mm-hmm. to work at trying to help yourself. You know, you, you, do. you do. You do. You do. I just, you know, I have, I, I know that I, I don't want to say suffer from, because I just don't like the how the word sounds, but I have seasonal mm-hmm. affective disorder. And, you know, my mom died around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not very, very mindful of it, I will sink. Mm-hmm. And um, to like wait, and it, every year it happens, and I think that's why I probably enjoy summer so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because as soon as summer's gone and I get the first little wind of fall, it's like, oh. yeah, and it happens all the time. And if I'm not aware, if I don't make myself aware, like, baby, don't let it happen, mm-hmm. like, literally remind myself, um, I'll sink deep, but if I keep, if I keep my awareness. I'll think about, you know, how she would want me to be living, mm-hmm. you know, and not pretty much be sad about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you have to do what you have to do to protect yourself. But first you have to be aware. Yeah. If you want to protect yourself, you have to be aware. Um, so self-care. Self-care is so important. If if we take away nothing from this conversation, self-care is the most important thing. I mean, We can start by doing things like physical self-care, exercise, you know, dealing with your nutrition, Mm -hmm. your water intake, your sleep, as we talked about. Uh, We talked about medication. You can do things like yoga to help you, you know, things like that. Things that you do just for you, you know, especially if you are like we talked about earlier, one of those strong friends or one of those strong people, you know, identifying that you need to take care of yourself in being strong for other people to be strong for yourself is very important. So, you know, I've taken the steps to do, I talk about it all the time, even though I hate it. 
I talk about the fact that I'm exercising, <laughs> you know, and you and you all know how I feel about exercising. It's the devil. But I will say in the time that I'm exercising, I don't think about my other problems. I'm not thinking about the stress. All I'm thinking about is if I don't hurry up and do these fucking 30 burpees uh, so I can get the <laughs> hell out of here. You know, that's what I'm thinking about. But it takes my mind off of all of the other issues that I deal with on a regular basis, even if it's only for that hour. So things that you could do like that physical for yourself is very important. Yes, and also lifestyle habits are important. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody want to be out here living a best life, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of the stress comes from people trying to keep up with the Joneses and think mm-hmm. you know doing things that they think that they should be doing based on what other people are doing and things like mm-hmm. that. But um, Talk the about truth that. is, well, I it is true. You know, the truth is that having structure and a routine. Mm-hmm is one of the things that really people who live mentally, physically healthy lives have structure and routine. And a lot of this I learned from Jiggy Mm -hmm. because, you know, with him having autism, he is because, you know, I am a true Sagittarian. I'm just a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. Which causes, you know, which gives opportunity for a lot of chaos to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. I don't get bored, you know, thwarting chaos. Right. But Jiggy is like, I, I don't live like this. Right. <laughs> right. I need it to be like this. <laughs> and, right. and that's and, it. Know, right. So autism rules the house. And But you will find that when people are less stressed, when they have a routine, mm-hmm. they have a structure. Now, not to the point where it's OCD that if it's any little thing is off, then you know you can't cope. But having structure and a routine is good. Also, spending time in nature. Now, I ain't no camper. Mm-mm, me either. You know what I mean? I'm not a camper, but I do appreciate nature. I do take a long, I don't take the highway to work. I take a different route because every day I like to ride through the park. Okay. So coming and going, I'm always riding through the park. I see people jogging. I'm like, mm, I need to be out there. Yeah. You know, I see <laughs> That's what I would be I thinking see... too. Look at them. Right. Oh, look at her. You know what? Is and there's this one guy. He's like 9700. And I just be like, you know what, Baby, you are trifling because there right. is really no. Be out there what doing kind of all excuse? That. Look at you. Yes, and he is trying to like look at you. Hey, and I mean he's probably trotting just as fast as I would be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he like he like ninety seven hundred. I'm more into I mean, the fast walk than the trot. Yes, a lot of times. No, he is trying. Try. I know what you He mean. is raising. He is raising his heart level. You hear me? He is really <laughs> trying. Like oh my good, and his outfits be matching, and I. <laughs> Like, when you look at people like that, you really have no excuse. Right. It's, it's really terrible. But anyway, you know, but you look at things like that. You look, I watch the fall foliage come down. Mm-hmm. You know, I see the people with their nice dogs. I'm like, oh, that's a nice looking dog. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It just makes you appreciate. So I think nature is like one of those lifestyle habits that um, help you with self-care. Setting goals. Setting goals are so important. It is, and I don't care how big or small the goal is. A friend once told me when I was in one of my funks, he said, um, and I hung it up on my wall. He said that um, 
small victories increase confidence and countenance. Like, it doesn't matter what you set a little goal. It's a small victory. and It increases your confidence and your countenance. It just makes mm -hmm. you feel better about yourself. So set goals. Um, you know, some people are, I'm funny. I like to laugh important things <laughs> off a lot. <laughs> Well, you know I think I like you were, is, right, and I think, and first of all, I said I'm funny. I don't think I'm funny, but other people be cracking up. Time, like, <laughs> they think I'm funny. I don't know. Um, pleasurable activities, yeah, I ain't got too much of that going on. Relaxation, I have started to relax on Sundays. I don't do anything on Sundays, and that's really been um, good. But those are things, like, these are self-help things that you can do. Lifestyle habits. Mm -hmm. You know, structure and routine, good time management, spending time in nature, doing fulfilling work. We talk about volunteerism on a podcast, mm -hmm. setting goals, relaxing, pleasurable activities, humor, music therapy. Yeah, I'm not really into that, but, you know, you could be um, or it creative, some kind of creative self-expression time for beauty. Now, I do that. I be Me on YouTube too. University trying to get that smoky eye going on. I be mm -hmm. looking like two raccoons, like, oh. <laughs> and even, like, so, time for beauty, just like people always say. You know, we, we talked about this when we talked about saving our first $1,000, like, not going to go get your nails done, not going to go get your hair done, mm -hmm. you know, so that you could save money. And I talked about it then. Stuff like that, I can't cut out. And the reason is not because I want to just go get my nails done or I just want to go get my hair done. But time at the hairdresser is time to not do anything. It's a time right. to relax. It's a time to focus on just me. You know, getting mm -hmm. your hair washed, talking crap to the people in the salon, you know, coming out looking beautiful. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel better. You know, which doing better, feeling better, looking better affects your mental health. Mm -hmm. totally and setting goals when you talked about that is so big my trainer talks about that all the time and um when you were talking about it, it just made me think one of my goals that I always talk about is not eating in my bedroom like my mom says you mm -hmm. couldn't wait to get a couch like soon as I moved I was like I gotta get a couch and she was like why right. you, it's only you you know you could just you got a bed and I was like no I need a couch like where am I sit on I could count the number of times that I sit on my couch. Like, I just like to be in my room. I like to do everything in my room. And one of the goals that I set for myself was to not eat in my room. So now I set I can't the goal. even believe that you eat in your room. Me either. Being you know raised by Sophie. Huh? Was you allowed to eat your room young? No. And it's yeah, crazy that I even like, eat in my room now because ooh, you know how I am and how I keep my house. You? So it's funny yes. that I eat in my room now, but I do. I just like to be in there. But anyway, the goal that I set was <laughs> the goal that I set was to eat at my table, which I couldn't wait to get either. And so now mm -hmm. I started eating at my table and it really has helped me a lot. You know what? It, it helps me not eat as much because I'm like, okay. I got to hurry up and eat this food. So I go back in my room, you know, <laughs> It helps me tremendously. But I mean, just when you talked about setting a goal, that was a small goal, a small victory that I'm continuing to, you know, have. And it is creating a lot of confidence. It Yeah, it really does help. Mm -hmm. So and I, other, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, you could go. Go ahead. I was, go ahead. I was going to say another one, but go ahead. 
Oh, no, I just wanted to talk about um, self-care for like social support, you know. Yes, social support very is very important, you know. Leaning on your family, your friends, like we talked about therapy, um, building a relationship with your therapist, uh, a minister, you know, you, you mm. go in and go see a minister talking to a rabbi, uh, support groups, even support groups are huge. You know, I used to be in charge of support groups when the B says she worked when for she me was my boss. When, I, when I was her boss, <laughs> I wasn't her boss, but in any event, yes, you know, was. we, I dealt with support groups and I just saw the tremendous help that it gave people. I know a lot of people in recovery, you know, and, and what's that support does for people and for mm. their mental and their physical health. Uh, day treatments like going to the spa and things of that nature that that helps you uh even like the b says seeing people with dogs and pets and animals those kind of things help you and we talk about volunteer work a lot on this podcast volunteer work just being around other people helping someone else in need you know that could give you a fulfillment and really help your self-care when we talk about your mental health Right. And um, another very, very important part of self-care is your spirituality. Mm -hmm. Because regardless of your religious beliefs um, or lack thereof, Mm -hmm. human beings are spiritual people. Right. Um, so you don't have to be a Christian per se, but when you live life and you have a longing, you know, old people say you got an itch, you can't scratch or something. You have a longing for something. That's the spiritual part of you looking to connect with, you know, your spiritual higher power. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I cannot, now I'm a Christian myself. Mm -hmm. I'm God's favorite. Everybody knows that. So I, I pray, you know, I, I talk to God and he Mm -hmm. talks, he talks to me. I just, you know, we just be having conversations, right? you know, so prayer is my way, but meditation, practicing mindfulness, Mm -hmm. which mindfulness is a big thing now, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a whole big thing. Y'all can go on YouTube university, look it up, but prayer, meditation, mindfulness, a spiritual community. Some people even think like yoga is also spiritual forgiveness. Mm -hmm. No matter what you believe, forgiveness is a spiritual thing um, going on in the body. And also, um, you know, usually like 12 step programs, they kind of have a spiritual structure. Again, it's not, it's not about what you believe or what your religion is that you practice. These are about spiritual things and spiritual things really do help with, with self-help with self-care really is a part of Mm self-care. So, um, these are all things you can do if you find yourself in a funk or if somebody that you care about, yes, you're noticing that, you know, Oh my goodness, you didn't came to work two days in a row and your clothes is wrinkled Mm -hmm. or, you know, Oh, you haven't been to the last four events when we all got together. Yes. Or, you know, you know, something's happened. Um, you know, a lot of people are there 
as soon as the death happens and they attend the funeral. But what about 30, 60, 90 days after that? Mm -hmm. You know, are you still checking on people? Right. So these are things that you can use for yourself and also for, you know, someone that you care about. We need to encourage each other to take care of our mental health, Mm -hmm. even though I hate that term. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come up with another term. Well, when you come up with it, then you let me know know. and then we'll see about using another term. (laughs) (laughs) But last but not least in self-care and what's important in self-care is mental and emotional self-care. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, thinking like an optimist. Oh my goodness. I can't. I am so optimistic and I cannot stand pessimists. I I will say that I am a pessimist in certain things. Now, when we talk about things like me and you talked earlier and you were like, when people, when you say, Hey, I'm gonna open up a store. And then somebody says, well, what about this? Or what about that? I'm not a pessimist in that way. And I think that even a person that does that, you know, they could be just getting you to look at the bigger picture that you're not looking at. And it's a way that no. you can present that. Now, if a person is just like negative, you know, I think that I'm a pessimist in cer- certain things just because um, it's not like I can't see the good, but I probably focus on the bad more than I focus on the good. The what if. Yeah. You know, the what yeah. if. And I, yeah, I just feel like, what if, first of all, you can't think of all the what ifs. No, you can't. So why why are you what if in the ones you can think of? Leave me alone. I don't, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to shit on your dream if you want if you have a dream and you yeah. tell me about it. I'm not going to shit on it. But if somebody tells me something, I will like maybe not even say it to you, but I will what if it to myself. I don't know, girl. What about if she go down there and then that don't work? And what about if she... Yeah, I will do that to myself, even if I don't do it with you. But thinking like an optimist is important when we talk about mental health. You know, you always want to think positive when you're thinking about mental health and self-care concerning your mental health. Working through grief is a huge thing. You know, grief affects so many people. We all have a number, you know, and that number is going to come up with with all of us, you know, none of us know the time nor the day nor anything. And so working through losing someone, losing something, you know, is truly important for your self care. Grief can really bog you down. It could really take you under and it could take you out. Right. It really can. can. Mm -hmm. It really can. I know, I know people who have lost their mind behind other people losing their mind and losing that person mm-hmm. and the, you know, it really did take them out. Yeah. People do die from grief. Yeah. And true. grief. And remember that grief is not always a loss of someone dying. You can grief a relationship, you know, you, mm. you have a, a, a husband and a wife and they get divorced. You know, you could go through a moment of grief with that. You can grieve. Eh. No, I'm just saying it happens. <laughs> you know, you, you think about spending half your damn life with somebody. Y'all been with you 30 years and then we get divorced. If I've been with you 30 years, we not getting a divorce. That's We're not just getting divorced. point blank right. period. I better be with you 30 mm-hmm. minutes for us to get a divorce, but that's neither here nor that. That's another topic. But just, I'm just saying grief comes in all 
forms so you can grieve other things other than someone dying. So working through that is a big thing. Um, Overcoming the stigma of depression. Know that if you are experiencing depression, if you are depressed, you know, there is hope and you can get out of that. And you don't let anyone make you feel bad about what you are experiencing, you know. Mm -hmm. And for those of us, not me, but just those people who judge people because they are experiencing depression, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to get out of that too. You don't, you never know someone else's story. And so overcoming the stigma of depression is, um, a big thing. And the last thing is practicing daily affirmations. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I never really thought that affirmations really made a difference in life until I started going through things in life. And then I started Mm -hmm. saying affirmations to myself, posting them up on my mirror, a la uh, being Mary Jane, you know, and just looking at them every day. I have a thing on my door that says to do. It's a to-do list. It's one thing. It says to-do. And then it says what? Be happy. Mm. Be happy. Just like be happy. Because you. I'm telling you, there's so many things that can steal your joy. But those are just some things that we wanted to touch on as far as self-care when dealing with mental health is concerned. Right. And I just always want to end on a positive note. And I Mm -hmm. just want to say that if you or someone you know is in a bad way. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't care if they have been diagnosed with a mental illness before or, you know, if it's something like depression or they feel they need meds or they feel they don't need meds or whatever, you know, if you decided to go to therapy, whatever, I just, there are people out here that will support you and your decisions for care. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's very brave of people to say, you know what? I have an issue. I'm going to work on this issue. I want to live my true best life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some obstacles to some barriers to care, you know, some issues with access to care, but, I mean, maybe we'll post some sites on our Twitter page or our Facebook page or something, but certainly, you know, you can email us with something and, you know, we can help you find what you need, where you live. Yes, I agree. And nothing wraps up the podcast quite like what the B just said. Um, We hope that you got something out of the podcast today. We hope that if you are experiencing anything with mental health, as Babi said, that you do seek uh, care. Remember that self-care is important. Remember that mental illness is uh, physical, you know, and it's something that affects the brain. And it's not just something that people are just going through just because, you know. Uh, And so, yeah, we want to say that 
you can always send us an email as the B said. You can send us a confidential email if you need uh, avenues to go for care or if you just want to tell us something that you may be experiencing and we can help. We are not counselors, but we can, right. you know, support you through anything that you're going through. And remember that you can always send that to we did that shit at gmail.com. Again, it's one word. We did that shit at gmail.com. Remember, you can always follow us on social media, send us a DM or anything that you need. Um, we can be found on all social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at we did that shit. Again, it's one word. We did that shit. Remember, you can always follow me on my personal uh, Twitter. It's my, my 13. That's M Y M Y one three. And I'm at the B Amina. That's B I B B I A M I N A. Yeah. So we'll be here again the same time next week. Remember that all, um, new episode drops every Monday and you can find us anywhere where you can listen to your favorite podcast. That's Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox. We're everywhere. So anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you can surely find We Did That Shit. We'll be here same time next week. Remember, be happy. Mm-hmm. Do that shit. <laughs> I love you, Maya. Love you too.